0: episode of On Your Mark on the Barker Media Network. I'm your host, Chris Ferreira, and we have a great show in store for you today. Today, we're going to dive into the world of animation. We're going to talk about Pixar Animation Studio. And today, I have an amazing guest with me, a first-hand animator, and one of my dear friends, Andrew Keo. Andrew, say hi to everybody. What's up, guys? Andrew uh, and me had been talking about how we could get him on the podcast and stuff he wanted to talk about and me and Andrew always talk about animated films so we thought this would be you know the perfect category to kind of start this realm of the show and uh, to get Andrew's insights because Andrew has a lot of insights in this uh, this world that we're going to dive into Uh, a little background on Andrew before we get started. Andrew is a senior 3D artist at JBA in Pasadena. His credits include various big-time houses, including Disney, Fox, CBS, Adult Swim, DreamWorks, and Doomsday. He's worked on music videos for Selena Gomez, Rita Ora, Dua Lipa, and many, many others. He's done environment work on shows like Last Man on Earth, Modern Family, Dreamcore LLC on Adult Swim, where he won, nominated for an award, right, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. And he's also done VR work on a little film called Into the Spider-Verse. So his resume is probably one of the most impressive resumes that we're going to have on the show at the beginning stages of this. And uh, we're super excited to have his insight on a category that is uh, right in his wheelhouse. So, uh, Andrew, thanks for... Oh, no problem. Yeah. Are you excited to talk about this stuff?
1: I mean, it's the only thing I think I know really how to talk about. (laughs) Um,
0: When we were talking about ideas, uh, we decided on Pixar, right? Pixar Animation Studio. Why, Why do you want to talk about Pixar?
1: I think Pixar is the pinnacle of animation, at least for the past 20 years they've been. I think they're kind of losing that top spot, but... I mean, they'll always be Pixar. Yeah.
0: what Were they like? really important in your childhood and everything? I think
1: they were important to everyone born in the 90s. Like, I mean, you can't name a single person that didn't watch Toy Story
0: as a child. Yeah. Um, do you think that they had a big impact on the career that you decided to go oh, into? Oh, definitely.
1: I remember seeing Toy Story for the first time and... Asking my mom, like, how did they do this? Like, is it plastic? I thought it was plastic. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was plastic for years until I don't know, maybe I was 12 and I realized, oh, this is a computer,
0: not plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, we're going to, I'm going to tell you a little bit of background on Pixar. If you guys don't know uh, the studio, Pixar Animation Studio began in 1979 as a part of Lucasfilm which was George Lucas's production house. By 1986, though, Apple's Steve Jobs became the majority stockholder of Pixar, and by 2006, it had become the biggest competitor to Disney, and Disney acquisitioned them for $7.4 billion, making them Disney's largest animated film division. They have produced over 22 animated feature films, starting with... The iconic groundbreaking toy story in 1995 all the way till the movie onward which is premiering this friday i believe starring chris pratt and uh what's his name spider-man tom holland tom holland yeah so that's premiering on friday so 22 feature films over a 25 year period it is the pinnacle of animation nowadays every film that they have released carries a cinema score of bare minimum an a minus their features have earned over $14 billion at the box office. They've earned 20 Academy awards, 11 Grammy awards, two best picture nominations for the films up and Toy Story three, which is amazing to know that two films in about a 10 year span received best picture nominations where beforehand only one animated film had ever received a best picture nomination. Do you know which film that was, Andrew? Crap. Was it Beauty and the Beast? It was Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Beauty and the Beast was the only other animated film which was done by Disney to receive a Best Picture nomination. So they are uh, rocking and rolling in the animated film uh, world. And uh, what we're going to do on this show, me and Andrew kind of devised how can we talk about an animated studio. We are going to talk about our 10 favorite Pixar films. We're also going to talk about our favorite villains, our favorite quotes from Pixar movies, and then our favorite characters. Um, so we're super excited to kind of dive in and just talk about the world of Pixar and animation that was really important in both of our childhoods growing Pretty up. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So, anything else you want to say before we dive in? Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Talk about. You said you wanted to talk about a little bit about the background of so, Pixar and Steve Jobs. A little bit more,
1: like about Pixar, like the history of Pixar is. I think when everyone thinks of Pixar at least from I think the art standpoint or if you watch animated movies you might know of the name of John Lasseter or Ed Catmull but the guy who I think is really responsible for filmmaking in today's age is Steve Jobs like most people when they think of Steve Jobs they think of Apple however he made he became a billionaire because of Pixar and not a lot of people know that like I think in total, he only made probably 10 or $15 million from the company Apple. He made all his money from the company he started after Apple, Next, computers, where I think he made like $400 million. But then he went on and you know, bought Pixar from George Lucas, and that was, of course, tanking, because at the time, I think it was 89, they were selling computer parts. That's what they were doing. They were making x-ray machines for medical offices and charging like $100,000 for them. Wow. And I think at that point, Steve Jobs had sank in $10 million and, you know, they were draining the company. And then they met up with Disney and Disney was like, hey, can you make some things for us? And they started freelancing. And then I think Steve Jobs put in another $50 million. And then that's when they were like, let's do Toy Story. And that just blew up. And the day, I think a week after Toy Story came out, they were the number one movie in America. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs decided to go public, and he made that's how he became an overnight billionaire. Wow. Which is crazy. And he is partly responsible for, I think, trusting John Lasseter and Ed Catmull to create 3D and what it is today. Yeah. Like how it's used in every single movie ever. I've made an entire career off of. 3d and i'm doing it while i have an iphone in my pocket so it's kind of crazy that like steve jobs is someone who i should say is a huge influence on me i kind of but he's literally a part of me and that's crazy to think that most people don't realize that steve jobs i think what he did in corporate america the most successful was pixar
0: Yeah, most people just think of him as the CEO of Apple or the guy who, you know, helped create their phone or their Mm -hmm. iPad and stuff, not knowing that he was integral in the way that we make movies.
1: Yeah, and also a lot of Pixar employees who were with Steve Jobs when they acquired, when he acquired, when he returned back to Apple was when he became a success. And it was after Pixar had become a billion dollar IPO. Mm -hmm. And they say it was, he had to get fired from Apple to relearn how to manage a company. And it was with Pixar that he learned how to trust other employees, especially with, like, John Lasseter, Ed Catmull, to just be like, let them do their thing. Because apparently why he got fired was because he would never, you know, he had to control every single aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, he was very
0: hands-on. And
1: so when he, you know, created uh, Pixar, and, you know, they were so well off, he became the Apple CEO again. And that's when he started trusting designers like Johnny
0: Ivey, and, you know, the rest is history, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Another awesome thing I, I learned while researching the company, too, and watching uh, a recent documentary about one of my favorite movies, Jurassic Park, was that it was actually Pixar because George Lucas was Steven Spielberg's friend. yeah. And Pixar was the one, before it was really Pixar, was the one doing a lot of the uh, effects for yeah, the dinosaurs and Yeah, it was called the Cap
1: System. Mm-hmm. And it was a very... I mean, for the time, it was very advanced. But, I mean, it was... It was literally
0: probably. Well, it changed the way we make movies nowadays. Yeah. Even when you watch Jurassic Park, which was made in 1993, it still stands up. Yeah. It's amazing Definitely. effects. And and it's now only gotten better and better. Honestly, sometimes they go too far and it looks either too oh. real or too fake. But uh, yeah. But I mean, amazing that like we said with last with Lassiter and with Steve Jobs and the impact they had on the company. Cool. So that's. That's awesome to hear Andrew's insight on it. Somebody that's worked for and interned and works in the industry. Um, so let's dive in now on our categories. So we're going to do our top 10 favorite Pixar films. Total bias. One from an expert in Andrew and one from me being the complete non-expert I wouldn't say my picks hold any weight. They're definitely biased as well. <laughs> well, mine but. are definitely going to be biased. Um, let's start with... The first, we'll go ten, nine, and eight. Do uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go? I'll first? go. I'll go. I'll go first. Okay, Andrew, I'll go first with number ten. Number ten, I have up,
1: up, up, nice. up. I love up, and I'm surprised I put it at number ten. I thought it would be higher, but. Yeah, I have it at 10 for me.
0: Up uh premiered in 2009 directed by the famous Pete Docter who is now taking over as president of Pixar, right? Yeah, him uh, and Darl Anderson. Why uh why what do you love about Up? Cuz Up's on my list but you put For it the me,
1: I down. think the why the reason why I love Up is that 5-minute sequence everyone remembers. Yeah. That's what everyone remembers and the rest of the movie, I like it but you know, I didn't mm,
0: it's it like was they that could've... five
1: minute sequence that was just like wow. They
0: could have just made a short film. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and don't get me wrong, it's an amazing movie. But if they didn't have that five minute sequence, I think it would the movie would not be. You wouldn't have
0: bought in and been uh, yeah. invested into the characters as much if you didn't learn about yeah. Mister Fredrickson's background and everything <laughs> like Like
1: I that. love Russell; he was a great character. But I just think the whole thing with um, what's the villain.
0: Um, Oh, the, the other old man. Yeah. The rival old man. Yeah, and then the mm-hmm. whole
1: dog thing uh, just wasn't for me. Yeah. But, I mean, I remember seeing that. I was in college at the time, and it just blew me away. Just the way they handled it, the whole production, everything was just astounding. And, what? of course, Pixar's the only studio where I go and watch a movie in theaters, and I'm like, there's no way visually that they can top this. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that about what was the one that came before? Toy Story Four, Incredibles Two, mm-hmm. Coco, and Incredibles Two. I was like, those were amazingly, you know, visual. Just the techniques they used were just phenomenal. And then I saw Toy Story Four. And it makes Coco and Incredibles 2 look like a dog pile of shit. Well, <laughs> if you're a 3D artist, you understand what I mean. Because the things they do with the lenses and the light and how they're animating focal length, it's just crazy what mm-hmm. they do.
0: And But do you think U- U- Up had a lot of that too in it?
1: Oh, I think Up was one of those game-changing moves. Especially what they did with, they they stopped using matte paintings. They... Created the whole world Mm -hmm. and everything was a simulation, which was, you know, gave it depth. And I think these are things some of the audience does notice. But I mean, as an animator, I truly appreciate what Up did.
0: Yeah, and mind you, Up being one of the most successful animated films of all time, as we said before, it's one of only three films to be nominated for Best Picture, animated, and it was also nominated for five Academy Awards. Winning for Best Animated Feature and Best Song. I think the song is the thing that we all yeah. remember from it. Yeah, Everyone I played on the piano. I was going to say, everybody knows that song when they hear it. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, and... Uh, what uh, is your top 10? So my number 10 is another uh, iconic Pixar film. And it's one that I saw late, later in uh, the game. I didn't watch it when it first came out. And uh you're probably gonna hate on me for having it this low, but uh it's one that I thought at least the first half of the movie was absolutely amazing. Uh, Wally. Okay. I have Wally e on the list because it's not necessarily one of my favorite like stories and everything, but just I'm such in awe of the fact when movies don't have to do too much and can still hold you captive as an audience member and the fact that the beginning of Wally, no one is speaking for like yeah, so half the movie it was a really long time and I still was just enthralled with this little robot flying around and doing yeah. all the things it did um, Wally was directed by Andrew Stanton it had 95% on everything that you're gonna hear on this list has above a 90% pretty much on Rotten Tomatoes and it had six Oscar nominations Wally was actually I I believe I it's their most it's their most nominated film yeah because of the fact, like I just said, like the ambition to just go in and be like, we don't need to really have dialogue to tell a story.
1: Yeah, I think Wally was the first one in that like, where Pixar was really pushing, I think, their innovative ideas and storytelling, like how they are with like Inside Out and a couple of their other shorts. Um, I think Wally, and you know, it kind of falls in that category of like, it's something I don't think you can ever replicate. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, truly an original story. and But yeah, surprisingly, it's not on my top ten. It's I thought about making 10? it on my top ten, but I just wanted more dialogue. I yeah. remember sitting there for like 30 minutes and I was like, okay, I get it. It's beautiful. Maybe it was just too slow for me at the beginning.
0: Yeah. But... I think the story, like you know, is one that will live on for a while, especially t- in today's day and age, with you know, the environmental movement and everything like that. Like oh, those yeah. undertones that are being told in the story yeah. about Earth, like and being destroyed.
1: Strangely, the only thing I think about when I think of Wally, it's a technical thing, of course, from an animator standpoint, and it's that everyone who has seen Wally, the amount of trash that's in the movie that these animators had to create. Mm-hmm. Almost none of that trash is 3D modeled, which is mind-boggling to wow. an animator because all they did was create displacement maps, very advanced displacement maps, and that's essentially... It's a black-and-white grid that someone makes in Photoshop, and they create you know, these black-and-white... Depending on how dark these lines are, how light the lines are, mm-hmm. that's a certain height that the computer will see. Okay. And depending on how it's drawn you can replicate a bunch of different things. And the fact that Pixar was able to replicate what looked like millions of pounds of trash with zero use of polygons or very adequate use is crazy. And that was the thing that I remember going to see because I wanted to see how they did it. And to this day, I still don't really... S- it's crazy how they did that. And that's sadly one of the only things I remember about Wally, besides the 30 minutes of... No dialogue.
0: For all of you, don't worry if you think Andrew's speaking a different language. This is the the language of animation. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. Um, like,
1: um, what a lot of people don't know about animators is that when we do go to art school and we get a degree in animation, it's not an art, technically. Like, I have a Bachelor's of Science because mm-hmm. half the time it's us trying to communicate with a computer on what we want it to do. And on the off chance, we do get it to do what we do. It's
0: it's a win. Nice. So that was our 10. Give me your 9 and 8.
1: 9 and 8, The Incredibles. Okay. And
0: then 8, which is on the TV we have in the background, Coco. Nice. Lee Unkirk's Coco and uh, The Incredibles by Brad Bird. Yeah. Yeah, One of my favorite directors. Both films. uh, The Incredibles nominated by four Oscars. Coco nominated for two. Won both of its two incredible films. Totally different in their storytelling um coco jesus that made me cry i watched it at my grandma's house and i wasn't ready for it um my nine and eight a little different um but i'm i don't know if you'll have these on your You might you probably do uh here comes the first appearance of toy story it's toy story 2 by john lasseter is at nine i couldn't and toy story 2 is a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes and only one oscar nomination because it was before they gave out the best animated feature which started in uh, 2001 i believe um toy story 2 again i probably could have put all three toy stories at the top of my list but i thought that would be cheating so i had to like stagger um some of that franchise so toy story 2 coming in at nine for me amazing i thought you know of the toy stories it's not necessarily my favorite i don't know why i really like the introduction of jesse and bullseye but i feel like one in three uh, impacted me a little bit more. Yeah, than oh, one two. and three. Yeah, two, two, two had the
1: the I Sarah felt. McLaughlin moment, and that's all I remember uh-huh. from Toy Story Two <laughs> is when Jesse gets abandoned, and you're oh just, my god, yeah. yeah,
0: that part is so sad. Um, and then so then so Toy Story Two, and then number eight for me was uh, Finding Nemo.
1: Finding I didn't Nemo. realize
0: how much I actually liked that movie without actually going back and looking at some of the moments. I love Finding Nemo. Yeah, Finding Nemo is. Amazing. Finding Nemo, done by Andrew Stanton, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, four Oscar nominations. And, uh, you know, I love... It's, we'll, go, we'll go into more of those characters, but I thought it had such great characters and just the story um, was a really... I,
1: yeah, and it was beautiful. I remember seeing it in theaters and just... It was absolutely mesmerizing. Like, when the light came through the comes through the ocean and it's animating, I mm-hmm. was just... Wow, I didn't think animated movies could be like that.
0: And I had Finding Nemo a lot higher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So those are our 10, nine and eight. I had WALL-E, Toy Story 2 and Finding Nemo. Andrew had up, up. the Incredibles and Coco. Cool. We're going to now take a break from the list and we're going to talk about our favorite Pixar villains. Uh There's a lot of great villains in the Pixar movies. And again, this is kind of like a, you can say villain as in they were the bad guy or as me and andrew were talking about it could just be somebody that you either didn't like or if they are a villain maybe you did like them and everything so there's some leeway with this category here's some candidates i i uh, wrote down and you can add some if you think there's more syndrome from right. incredibles the toxic fanboy who turns into a supervillain. lotso huggin bear from toy yeah. story three who tortures andy's toys uh, he's a good one. Sid, you can technically, I guess, call Sid a villain for being the first, you know, I don't know if you Sid want to Sid call- scared me. Yeah, he did scare me in the first Toy Story with yeah. what he did to the toys. I also included, we'll just reel off the other Toy Story villains, Al from Al's Toy Barn. Even though I don't necessarily consider him a villain because from his perspective, he just found some toys and yeah. wants to sell them. But it, from the perspective of the toys, you think of him as a villain. Yeah, he's a... He's stealing toys, toys That don't belong to him uh-huh. And then I also included Stinky Pete Which I feel bad For Stinky Pete When you find his background yeah. About what happened to him But he does not want To let Bullseye And, and uh, Jesse go So he was a good one And then Non-Toy Story ones uh, I included Randall From Monsters Inc mm-hmm. As him You know Trying to Capture Boo And chase Mike and Sully All over He's the place He's only trying to
1: become the best Yeah
0: Exactly So he has ambition yeah. And everything uh, I feel like the the bigger villain in that movie is Henry J. Waternoose, the yeah. CEO of Monsters, mm-hmm. Inc., who's, like, super corrupt and saying if he has to, what, torture and kill thousands kill, of children? Him. Like, Jesus. Like, yeah, he's an awful villain. And then an, uh, another one I included on the list was Ernesto de la Cruz from Coco, yeah. who literally... It is, got
1: pretty dark with his character. Good
0: Lord, a plagiarizer and a murderer? Yeah.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Um, am I leaving off any villains that you can think of?
1: One of my favorite villains is Hopper from *Bug's
0: Life. Okay, I almost put Hopper on the list. His,
1: Why? I just think the way they animated him and his demeanor and Kevin Spacey's performance, mm-hmm. it, it, it definitely scared me as a child. Like He was definitely frightening to me.
0: I, I agree he was frightening, and I think the reason I didn't keep him on the list was because I was like, well, it's just, you know circle of life and and the grasshoppers are just going up to the ants. No, i remember that scene
1: (laughs) watching as a kid where hopper has his foot on flick's head and i was Mm -hmm. like oh no (laughs) (laughs) yeah and a lot of people might not think this person is a villain but to me she's a villain and yes she's like four years old and it's bonnie from toy story
0: you think bonnie is bonnie
1: is a terrible person for what she puts woody through i feel for woody and she is a villain in my eyes.
0: Bonnie is the little girl in Toy Story three and yeah, four. And four. Yeah. And she's a villain because of she, how she treats Woody. Because why? She builds Forky or why? That in the How she him? just
1: let, left <laughs> him in the closet in Toy Story Four. And I just don't I don't
0: like her. You're not digging the I vibe of the four year old little fan. girl.
1: I can't wait for Toy Story Five where Toy where Woody and the gang come and kidnap all of her toys and they bring them back to Andy and then they recolor their shoes and put Andy. That's what's
0: going to happen. Let's call uh, Pete Doctor right now and pitch that to him because I hope that's what yeah, they
1: I do. D- I DM'd him on Twitter. He, he knows about Perfect.
0: it. Perfect. Okay, so what is your what is your favorite villain of all Oh, of definitely it? it's Hopper. Hopper. Hopper's my favorite villain. I think for me... Now, it's weird for favorite. If I'm saying favorite as in like I love it when they're on screen... Uh, probably i like lotso and bear because i thought he was like you know maniacal yeah. and could be like you know so sweet and then evil and he smells like strawberries Berries, yeah but who i think is the actual biggest villain in pixar it has to be ernesto de la cruz he murdered someone. yeah t- yeah he murdered someone and per- and stole someone's identity he has to be the worst human being that has ever been created in a Pixar movie. I would say so. Yeah.
1: Definitely no other Pixar character has murdered anyone.
0: No. Unless you're talking about, did Hopper murder anyone? Maybe an ant back probably. in the day. He Probably. <laughs> he probably did some murdering. Yeah. But. So, yeah. So, he goes with, Andrew goes with Hopper. I'm going to go with uh, Ernesto de la Cruz, who I think is an awful person. While we're on the subject of villains, before we jump back into the list, well, actually, we'll do this when we get into the middle. Let's go back to the list. Seven, six, and five. Start me with seven for you: Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3. The Tearjerker. Toy, Story, jerker. 3. Toy yeah. Story 3 by Lee Unkirk, five Oscar nominations, and the second Pixar film to be nominated for Best Picture. Yes. Yeah. Why is Toy Story 3 stick out to you on, to get me on your list?
1: So, when Toy Story 3 came out, I was in art school. -hmm. I was in an animation program, I think my second or third year. So I was still learning a lot about how animated films were made and, you know, the fact that Pixar was making a Toy Story 3, especially for someone our age, where we grew up watching Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, and we thought it was done, you know? And then they announced Toy Story 3, and it was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And then I remember seeing the trailer, and it's Andy going off to college. And I was like, whoa, you know, because I was in college. Mm -hmm. So, in a way, The Toy Story saga or what do you wanna whatever you wanna call it Mm -hmm. is very close to my heart in the fact that I saw Toy Story as a kid and it was one of the movies that made me wanna be an animator. And then Toy Story Two, it was you know, I was an adolescent, I went and saw it, I loved it. And then Toy Story Three, I was actually in animation school, so I was like, you know, this might actually happen if I stick with it. And then, you know, last year Toy Story Four came out and I went and saw it and I remember at the end of the movie, you know, I was just... Because now that I'm an animator, I've been credited working on these animated movies. It feels like I grew up with those movies. Mm -hmm. And ever since I was five, you know, wanting to be an animator. And here we are now. It kind of was, you know, everything. And I thought Toy Story 3 was going to be the last one. Yeah. So there was just a lot of emotion.
0: Not to mention the parallels that your name is Andrew and his name is Andy.
1: I've always wanted to get a tattoo... That says Andy on the bottom of my foot because it would make sense. Yeah. Like, I love Toy Story 3, or Toy Story, I'm an animator, and my name's Andrew. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Oh, yeah, I can totally see it. It was the Toy Story movies, and then the, the Harry Potter films were the ones where I felt like I was aging with the yeah. characters. Because they released kind of around the same age group as me. So that's why I became super yeah. attached to those franchises. That's
1: why I'm hoping Toy Story 5 comes out, you know, a couple years from now and Andy has kids. And, you know, a lot of us are having kids now. Mm-hmm. And Woody, through the grapevine, hears that Andy has a kid and he's going to need them back. And, you know, yeah. Bonnie's going to grow up and get out of the series. And... <laughs> Andrew hates
0: Bonnie. <quality. laughs> for Bonnie.
1: And they're going to go back and it's going to be Woody and the gang again. And it'll go full circle. We That's can, what I want to happen.
0: We can only hope. So my number seven is one that you already listed. Cars. John Lasseter. Uh, oh. Two Oscar nominations. It's actually the lowest uh, ranked on Rotten Tomatoes. It's only a seventy-five. It's one of the only ones that is uh, ranked below. A I love Cars. I have a special spot for Cars because my youngest brother Tyler, when he was younger, Tar- uh, Cars came out, and I swear we watched that movie a hundred times because yeah, it was. Every, I watched it a lot. Every day had it on. I got sick of Rascal Flats by the end of it, but I I love that Life the, is a Highway. Oh song. my God! I heard yeah. Life is a Highway so many times, but I just loved. It's funny, too, because I, I didn't really like Lightning McQueen so much, because you're like, why is this guy running away from everything? But I loved this, the town. What was the town called? Radiator Springs. Uh, Radiator Springs, and I loved all those characters that were in that town and everything. So it was a great movie, and then I loved racing movies and stuff. What's your six and five? Monsters, Inc. and Cars. I have Cars in my
1: top five. Nice. I love
0: Cars. Cars is so good.
1: Cars is great. Cars 2?
0: awful. Okay, I think well, it's the worst Pixar movie ever. let save that made. save that save that for a different category. So you have 7 was Toy Story 3, Monsters Inc. 6 is Monsters Inc Cars. and Cars. Monsters Inc done by Pete Docter in 1996 for Oscar noms. It was the third third, third or fourth, no, fourth because it goes Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy, Toy Story, Story 2, 2 and then Monsters Inc. Inc. And Monsters Inc was actually the first Pixar film nominated for Best Animated Feature because the category had just been created. Yeah. Because it didn't exist before when Toy Story was made. Um, cool. So my six and five. So I go Cars, Coco, oh. Leon Kirk, and then Up. Up oh, is a top okay. five for me because, like we talked about earlier, that song can just bring me to tears. Yeah. Just that song. And uh, I always thought of my grandfather when thinking of Mr. Frederickson. And uh, I always just related to that relationship between the, I the two see, of them. Yeah. And uh, Coco, I loved. I didn't think I would love Coco as much. In fact, I was, again, late to the Coco game, and I kept getting bugged by a bunch of my friends, go see Coco, go see Coco. And I watched it one night at my grandma's, visiting her. And, of course, I'm just a, another emotional wreck when she's singing to Grandma I think Coco. Coco
1: might have my favorite Pixar soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll just listen to that whole soundtrack in Spanish at work. Not understand a single word, but I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put. I it's kind of funny. The two most emotional, well, of the emotional, Coco and Up for me are together in my rankings. Okay, so recap: uh, mine was Cars at seven, Coco at six, and Up at five. Cool. So that's half of our list. Now we're gonna stop before we go into the top four. We have the top four remaining. Before we do that, we're gonna talk about our favorite Pixar quote favorite pixar quote there are so many good ones there's so many good ones i wrote a couple of them down um he touched the butt by in nemo yeah when he touched the boat i can i can picture the scene he touched the butt i love that line here's another great one from up adventure is out there that's an iconic line here's one of my favorites from the incredibles and one of my favorite characters edna i never look back darling it distracts from the now Right? Edna
1: has- is I think one of the greatest Pixar characters oh, she's ever. She's
0: so good. She's the best part of that ride. They added that new ride at Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, I love her like and in the ride. And the really
1: cool thing about Edna is that most of these Pixar directors like Brad Bird, Andrew Stanton, Pete Docter, mm-hmm. they all went to school together over at uh, Cal CalArts. Yeah. And one of their teachers is based off of Edna. She oh, was their oh. like costume design teacher on how to draw costumes. She is based off of that teacher that they all
0: had. At, That's
1: awesome. Yeah. So she's a real person.
0: Cool. Um, another one I have, uh, put that thing back where it came from, or so help me, from Mike and Sully, their fake oh, musical when he's yes. screaming at him. I just love that. Every time I hear that, I think of the, the fake musical that they're putting on. Um, okay, now we're going to get into some really good ones. Uh, Ratatouille, not everyone can become an, a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. Very true. It's such a great very line true. in Ratatouille. Um, here, and here come the the big ones. Woody. You are a toy. Yeah. Right? Everyone knows that Talking line. You buzz. are a toy. A child's play thing. Uh, another great one. Just keep swimming. Just that is very swimming. iconic. So iconic. And I mean, I'd Dory. still,
1: I feel like that's probably the most said in today's...
0: yeah anytime you have something bad going on in your life or anything you can just just keep swimming just keep swimming just keep going right it's a great line here are um and then my last two buzz Lightyear, this isn't flying this is falling with style right i think
1: that was probably one of the i think as a child you have like those little cinematic moments from movies that you remember Mm -hmm. and i think with the course you know jurassic park the t-rex coming out of the the forest this is also one of those
0: scenes yeah. where Buzz is, you know, falling through the air with style. Yep. That and that, then they fly actually yeah. to the car, which is amazing. And then the last one on the list, which I feel like is probably the winner, the most iconic line in the Pixar film saga, "To Infinity Absolutely. and Beyond." I was waiting for it. I was like,
1: "Chris, better say To, <laughs> to
0: Infinity and Beyond' is—it's got to be the winner, right?" I think it's the winner. It That's has the- to be. It, it's it, when you say it, everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah, it's probably been the most said line if, of all Pixar films. Uh, Shane has it tattooed on him, him yeah. and Rachel, and everything. So, if,
1: especially in Toy Story Four, at the, I hope you've all seen Toy Story Four, but there's mm-hmm. a moment at the end where Woody and Buzz have a moment, and it's said, and I don't really cry when I watch movies. I never cry. It's very rare. And I'm the crying. and that. Uh, that line, it killed me.
0: Yeah. When they say goodbye?
1: Yeah, that just, when he says to infinity and
0: what he says and beyond, mm-hmm. that was just. So lots of great quotes in these films, lots of motivational ones, but I think me and Andrew are both in unanimous and probably all of you too. To infinity and beyond is the, the greatest quote in a Pixar movie. Yeah. All right, back to the list. We're jumping into the top four of the list. All right, this is, we're getting to the top, the big films right here. Uh, number four for you, Andrew, finding Nemo, finding Nemo. All finding right. Nemo. You, you have it a little higher than I do. Why, why some, why do you love finding Nemo?
1: It was just, I think so complex in that it's such a simple story, but the, all the little side things, the, you know, creating the turtles, just everything about that whole movie. It's just, I think a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And it was just so fun, you know, like, I think it was an, it was very fun. That's all I could really say. And I think about it's it.
0: like a relatable one too, because like if you're a parent, like it's not a, it's it's an animated film for children, but when you look at the story, the story is made for parents yeah. because you're seeing the film through the eyes of Marlin, and you're imagining, you're just oh terrible. my God, what would happen if my child went missing, right? And so it it hooks you story wise right there. Um, great, great movie. What uh, was well, your four? Four for me was this was so tough. It was the Incredibles. Oh. Okay. And you know, I'm you just, have it a lot higher I'm, than I do. And I can't make my mind up if I like Incredibles. so I didn't include both Incredible films on the series, but I, did I can't tell if I like the Incredibles more than I like Incredibles two or if I like Incredibles Two more than I just like I like that superhero family. Yeah, I do
1: too. Mm-hmm. I have them at nine. Mhm. But they could just as be,
0: you know, in my top five. The the music on that is iconic. Again, a a great supervillain, and I love that they made like a superhero that was, you know, relatable for everyday people. Because Mister Incredible looks like just a chunky fat guy. Um, And the the music in that again, great. And you you can speak more on probably the
1: you know it was just it's like an animated Avengers before Avengers came out. You know, Mm -hmm. like this just a single unit, a family. They all had their egos or well, mainly the dad, but I just, yeah, I was really relatable, especially watching it as a kid and thinking like, what if I had superpowers? Yeah. And, and I like what they did with the villain, um, how he was this fanatic child and it was because he was ignored, Mm -hmm. you know, the resentment and all that. It wasn't just some devious, you know, person I want to take over the world because I hate everybody. It was, you know, It was a very well-rounded character. Yeah. And he is a terrifying villain.
0: And it has some of the best supporting characters, like the baby
1: and Edna. Edna.
0: And then uh, Frozone. All (laughs) of them. (laughs) Okay, now we're in the top three. Uh, Number three for you. A lot of people,
1: I think, shrug this movie off, and it annoys me, and it's A Bug's Life. That's number three for me.
0: I didn't have Bug's Life on my list, but, you know, it's... It is, I mean, it's the second one. It's an iconic one. Why do you like it so much?
1: I think it was, I think super cool as a child seeing it, like seeing it from that perspective of an Mm ant, like how the leaves were huge and going into the carnival city or that city that's just made of trash, but it was just so, I thought, inventive. And I remember thinking this as a child too, like this was just super cool. And then like, I didn't know it at the time, but the subsurface scattering on the leaves was blew my mind. I remember seeing as a kid and seeing the light go through the leaf, and the light would bleed into the leaf, and it was, you know, interacting. And at, at the time, I just thought it was cool, but now that I'm an adult and know what subsurface scattering is, they did that in, like, 96 or 97, and that's just crazy. Yeah. And also, 3D movies were limited, to how many actual polygons they could have on a screen. And A Bug's Life was the first 3D movie to actually put a crowd, you know, thousands and thousands of ants onto a movie screen. And I can imagine what, you know, like the technical directors reading the script and it's never been done before and being like, how are we supposed to do it? And John (laughs) Lasseter is like, it's greenlit, it's got to go, it's going to happen. And you're just... Okay. But even besides all that, I've always held A
0: Bug's Life very close to my heart. What's crazy about A Bug's Life, it's the second film. It's John Lasseter did the first three films there. This is what blows my mind about it. Pixar, or sorry, Pixar. Toy Story, the first film, had a $30 million budget. You know what the budget was for A Bug's Life after the success of Toy Story? $100 A mil? $120 million. Wow. That is a lot of wow. money. Wow. That is a lot of money. Four times as much? Yeah, that... Wow. And so, yeah, A Bug's Life, 92%, John Lasseter. And uh, sadly, A Bug's Life only had one nomination at the Oscars. It didn't uh, get as much love. But uh, one of your favorites. My number three, you you had already included it, Toy Story 3. Okay. Toy Story 3, again, I love Toy Story, done by Leon Kirk, and it's a Best Picture nom. It made me weep. I I know Chris
1: very well (laughs) and I know he was crying.
0: The end when they are in that like trash compactor and they're holding hands and you think because this is the third movie, you just think they're going to kill the toys or something. Oh my god.
1: I remember watching it with Peter, my little brother, and he was about five at the time and Mm -hmm. I, I had already seen it and I was taking him. And I remember that scene when they're sitting in the trash compactor about to hit the fire. Peter grabs my hand and he's like, Are they gonna die? And I look over, and I'm like, yes.
0: <laughs> Can't even console <laughs> him. Like, they're going to get out of it. It's okay. Yeah. And then the end scene, you know, I, I thought I was done crying. And then, of course, when he gives the toys to Bonnie, and then you think, like, oh, no, what are you doing, Andy? And then he comes back one more time. To play. To play with them. And that yeah. literally just, like.
1: And then he drives off, and he looks in the rearview mirror and smirks, and wouldn't Buzz are there. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Just, I think, it took me years to rewatch Toy Story 3 because I just could not put myself through that
0: again. It's like the the last season of yeah, Friends like for you. You just <laughs> don't want to watch it.
1: Even though you know it's super amazing, you don't want to go through those emotions.
0: Yeah, it's too much. Okay, so I had The Incredibles at 4, Toy Story 3, and you had Finding Nemo, Finding Nemo at 4 Life. and A Bug's Life. Awesome. We are down to the top two. Top two. Before we do top two, we're going to do what I think is the second biggest category. Favorite character, favorite Pixar character in a film. Here are some candidates, uh, and let me know if I leave any out. Obviously, Woody. Absolutely. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Mike Wazowski. kind of a um, popular Billy character, Crystal. right? Billy Crystal. Crystal does amazing with that. In fact, he got an Oscar uh, nomination. Just they really singing. should make a I voice should... acting category. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, totally. He in the, at the Academy like it needs to be a nominated category.
0: I 100% agree. <laughs> one of the off-tangent off Pixar but like the movie Her with yeah, Scarlett exactly. Johansson just there like they need to recognize people that do voice yeah, acting. Like, um so Mike Wazowski another one James P Sullivan cuz <clears throat> I love I love uh John Goodman yeah. who plays him. Here's a sleeper. Edna E Mode. Oh she I, is a sleeper. I love she definitely her. is. She is the best part of the Incredibles <laughs> yeah. movies. Um, Her and
1: Jack-Jack, I think, yeah, yeah.
0: those two. I had to include Edna, another great character. I think Dory is just a great character. Yeah. I love Dory. Um, And then here comes a couple sleeper ones for me. I included Russell, the little boy, in Up. I included a movie that we haven't even touched on yet, Bing Bong. From
1: from Inside Out? Inside Out, which we haven't had Bing Bong was a great character.
0: Bing Bong was another one that almost got me super emotional in that movie. I loved that character. Um, I included Joy and Sadness. Yeah. I think they're great characters. And then, lastly, <laughs> Duke
1: Kaboom. Duke Kaboom is also one of those.
0: <laughs> He's the sleeper. He's just yeah. like in the Edna category for supporting actor.
1: I think if I had to choose a favorite supporting, it would come down to Jack, Jack, Edna, or Duke Kaboom.
0: Duke Kaboom, played by Keanu Reeves in Toy yeah. Story Four as the Canadian stunt man. He's awesome. Uh, any other characters I I might have left off? You think? I
1: anyway. think you left off. Remy from Ratatouille.
0: Oh, Remy from Ratatouille. Um, Flick. Yes, Flick. And a lot of people love Lightning McQueen. They do. I can't believe I didn't leave. Why Why did I not write? Okay, yeah. Lightning McQueen needs to be on there. So does Mater. Yeah. Mater needs to be on there. Um, so does... Okay, I said Joy. I don't think the... the di... What's the dinosaur's name in a good dinosaur? I don't know if he's um, technically considered a favorite.
1: Rilo or... Something, like, Something that. like that.
0: What about uh, the main character in Coco? Is he, is he considered... His name's probably, Miguel, Yeah, I think. do you think Miguel is a favorite? Um, For some people, I think Miguel might be a favorite character. Possibly. Because he's a singer and plays guitar, and he has a good heart, and he goes on... But the awesome problem, adventure. I think
1: he's a person. And, yeah. you know, in animated movies, I feel like actual people are never really the most favorite yeah. characters. He is a great character.
0: Mm-hmm. And then uh, you, I guess you also include Mr. Incredible or Mrs. Yeah. Incredible. They're great characters. Um, okay, give me your favorite.
1: My favorite all time
0: is Woody. It's, it's, I feel like it's got to be. This funny. is like when me and Mike did the Harrison, Harrison Ford one where it's like, you know, there's the two iconic ones at the yeah. top and then everybody else. I think it's like literally a, it's a Woody or Buzz yeah. conversation. What is yours? Woody.
1: Yeah, exactly. I see, <laughs> I everybody loves Woody. Uh-huh. Woody's just the best. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when Pixar had first written Toy Story, Woody was this total douchebag, asshole character. Yeah, because he's mean to Buzz at the beginning. Yeah, the he's totally mean. And so when Disney asked to see Toy Story, they pitched them this, and they were like, Woody is a terrible person. So Pixar was forced to rewrite and redo woody and luckily they did and you
0: know we got this amazing character in woody nice buzz is also great i mean you can't go wrong with buzz they're but... a duo you know yeah cool we both went with woody all right we're down to our final two favorite pixar films yeah this this little these tough. are the mecca the big ones this was so hard to even just get down to top 10 there's so many good films uh i'll go first this time okay because my number two you already mentioned My number two is Monsters Inc.
1: Oh, okay. I
0: love Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc., done by Pete Doctor, 96 on Rotten Tomatoes, four Oscar nominations, including a win for Best Original Song, which Billy Crystal and John Goodman, right, singing their song together. I love that movie. I thought it was so unique, making people that had forever been afraid of monsters and making monsters. I think it's one of the. I think
1: it probably is the most unique. Oh my Story god! Story from Pixar,
0: and I didn't. I'm not a big fan of the sequel, Monsters, You. But I just thought the the concept, the like we were talking about the voice acting, so iconic with Billy Crystal and John Goodman, and I just love both those characters. Yeah. And uh, it's again, it's one of the first that it came out with. So I was a kid when it came out, in 2001, and uh, it's just forever stuck with me. I love Monsters Inc. So that's my number two.
1: My okay. number two. It was very tough for me to make this decision. But I'm giving two to Toy Story. Toy Story
0: number two. Toy Story was number two. Oh my gosh, stop the presses. Toy Story it number two.
1: I thought Toy Story would be one, but it's not. Not for me, at least. Even though it holds so much, and I think the identity of who I am today, mm-hmm. just, just, it's just not close enough. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> And I can't even give you a reason why, really. Just, I like my number one pick more. Okay.
0: I, I probably know what your number one is, but I'll... I, I want you to talk about Toy Story a little more because Toy Story is my number one. Okay. Obviously. Toy Story, John Lasseter, first Pixar film, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Three, three Oscar nominations, didn't win anything except it won a special achievement Oscar for the first computer animated film. It was groundbreaking. It was like when, uh what was it, Snow White won that yeah, special Academy Award when it won for groundbreaking in the animation category. This is what Pixar did for the first one. Again, it's our childhood. I thought I was Andy growing up. I love my toys. I tried to randomly run into the room and sneak up on my toys playing and stuff. To me, it's the most iconic of the Pixar films. That's why I have it at number one.
1: I I almost had it at number one, but I just, I couldn't make that decision, but I see why it is your number one. Mm -hmm. It's Toy Story. It's Woody and the Gang. It's, It's a visual achievement in technology. Mm -hmm. Um, It slingshotted, I think, 3D into being an actual relevant, you know, means of making movies. Because before this, every studio thought it was too expensive. Yeah. And with that, you know, it made hundreds of millions of dollars.
0: It had a $30 million budget and it made $364 uh, million worldwide. And
1: so, you know, that's when it launches whole. Then we enter, you know, Toy Story and then only Pixar was producing, you know, those movies. And then 2000s came and every studio was trying to take, you know, if we just make a 3D animated movie, we'll make a ton of money. And then they Little realized. Little did they know
0: that it almost like bankrupted the company. Yeah, it almost
1: bankrupted <laughs> Disney, DreamWorks, because they thought they could just release anything 3D and people would watch. But no, you know, we still want a good story. Yeah. That's I, and the that's most the best,
0: important thing. That's the best part about it cuz when you go back and watch it, you know, you look at the dog, you look at some things like the animation isn't as no. good as what we're seeing now, but we don't care when we watch yeah. it because of the story is so good. All right, that's my top 10. Give us your number 1.
1: My number 1. I think a lot of animators will agree with
0: me and it's Ratatouille. Yep, yeah, I knew you're going to say it's Ratatouille. It's just Ratatouille is just Let's let Andrew stand on his soapbox and talk about Ratatouille. Before he talks about it, Ratatouille was uh, directed by Brad Bird in 2007, has a Rotten Tomatoes score of um, 96. Should be 100. Yep. And it is also, again, one of the ones that is the most nominated film. It had five Oscar nominations and it won for Best Animated Feature. Go, Andrew.
1: I think Ratatouille, I mean, where it's, set it's in Paris, France. Mm-hmm. It follows a rat who wants to become a chef. You know, it's about following your dreams and not letting anything stop you and you know, then you have the the op- the opposite and what's
0: his name? The uh the, the chef. owner, yeah, the, the owner of the restaurant. Or the, um, no, no, the head chef. The kid. Oh, you're talking about the kid that Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And he is, you know, doesn't really go after things. He's kind of this introvert. And then he runs into Remy, and you know their stories clash, and you know goes off into this beautiful story of chasing your dreams, not anything, let, not letting anything stop you, and it's just a beautiful film. It Speaks
0: to you as an artist, I think. It's yeah. like that quote that we read earlier about the fact that not—I feel like that's why you love it so much—is the not everyone can become a great artist, but a great yeah, artist yeah,
1: like can that come from anywhere it it embodies so much of I think the artist's spirit and not to mention it's just beautiful and, and like, the music the French music that they use and, and the fact how, that you
0: said that it's like the low-key favorite of everyone that is an animator whereas like yeah. Toy Story is the popular film but yeah. this is the one that like people look back on and I world.
1: like that like there was so much discipline in making Ratatouille that Pixar flew in, you know, Michelin-starred French rep, like chefs to come in and actually make these dishes for them mm-hmm. so they could see how it's made and then presented so that the artist can recreate them accurately and just that level of expertise
0: and it was just beautiful. Amazing. It was a good movie. Again, yeah. one of those ones that I got late to the game and I watched it. And I Where do like, you have, Brad? Do you even have it? I didn't it on... even have it on the top oh, ten because no. I feel like it didn't speak to me as much as it spoke to you. And as I told you, it was too hard to make this list. It was hard yeah. enough to get it to damn ten movies. Um, okay, before we end this, we I, I skipped this category, but we're going to end it on this one. Worst Pixar film. There has been 21 of oh, them made. Man. What is the worst Pixar film? I have two of them, but give me yours. I think you already told everybody what yours is. I think... It goes Cars two and Brave. Car, I, literally the two films that I have are Cars two and Brave. Also, they just were not. First off, Cars three is good. Cars three, I love Cars three. But Cars two, it seemed like it. it was. It was like Pixar trying to do the like made for TV Disney movie. Yeah, it just did not it's come that, off. As... It's that story of Mater going to London and becoming basically like a secret agent. Yeah, and it's awful.
1: It was mostly about Mater, not Lightning McQueen, their main character.
0: It went completely off the track of the main story. Like, it was we like, love
1: Red Eater Springs. Mm-hmm. And we saw, like, none of it.
0: I hated that movie. Yeah. I mean, he became a superhero. But, okay, Cars 2 on mine. But the number one that I hate, and again, people are going to hate me for this take. I have the biggest bone to pick with Brave. Because, in my opinion, that year when Brave came out, it was not the best animated oh, film. It was in not. fact, Disney... Released what is one of Wreck my it Ralph. one of my favorite Disney movies, Wreck-It Ralph, that year, and they gave the award to Brave. And Which Brave, is? Is, to me, okay, I think it had
1: it had everything to be an amazing film. It just wasn't done well. Like mm-hmm. it had the story, the characters, the world, everything looked amazing, but it was just not done well. It wasn't executed to that Pixar level of what we're used to and we could,
0: everyone saw and could tell like it wasn't that great. Well, you said that they like took forever in releasing it, right? Didn't it have a different name before, like Bear and the Bow? Yeah, it was originally titled Bear stuff. and the
1: Bow and they went through multiple directors during production where, who was the director? The Brenda Dir- Chapman was yeah. the director, like 50% of the way in and then she got fired and Mark Andrews came in and he kind of, I guess, cleaned it up but then Pixar felt bad about firing their first female, female director. Directed. So they brought her back in and she it became a co-directed thing. So you had, you know, at times or at times up to two people telling the same story. And you can tell it wasn't just, it just was a mess.
0: And maybe, again, we're, we're telling this from the male perspective. If you were a little girl and you watched Brave, it probably resonated a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I just
1: think it was the problem of having two directors coming in at different timelines, trying to tell the same story. And they were probably way behind on production time and it had to get out. And
0: it just... And Vanellope was, and Ralph were a way better duo I than them. So. They should have had Wreck-It Ralph. And Wreck-It Ralph was not a Pixar film. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my problem with Brave. It's like the same problem I have with The King's Speech, which is actually a good movie, but I'm so pissed that Inception didn't beat it. It's the same way I feel about Brave and Wreck-It Ralph. Okay, so that's our least favorite film. That is going to wrap up our list. Wrap off, uh, here's my top 10 again, so for the people that remember. Number 10, WALL-E. Number 9, Toy Story 2. Number 8, Finding Nemo. Number 7, Cars. Number 6, Coco. Number 5, Up. Number 4, The Incredibles. Number 3, Toy Story 3. Number 2, Monsters, Inc. And number 1, Toy Story. That was my list. What was your list? Your full list? I have
1: Up at 10, The Incredibles at 9, Coco at 8, Toy Story 3, Monsters, Inc., Cars, Finding Nemo, A Bug's Life, Toy Story, and The Amazing Ratatouille.
0: Nice. Two great lists. Check it out. I feel like all of us have seen every film of Pixar. And, you know, you should go this weekend because they got another one coming out. Onward. The story is the magical story with Chris Pratt. And... um, Looks really, really interesting, so we'll have to check that out. But, Andrew, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. I got a little bit of an education. Uh, hopefully, you guys did at home. And uh, let us know what your favorite Pixar films are. Um, thanks, Andrew, for coming on. And Anytime. Every, and everybody else, have a great rest of your day. Thanks for stopping by on your mark.